Brain Dead listeners, this week we're going to have a little bit more descriptive language in the way we talk about some potentially aggressive situations. Uh, so, if a little bit of gore is a little too much for you, we totally understand. Otherwise, hang tight and have a good time. Welcome to Brain Dead. I'm Sarah. I'm Joe. And that's still not true. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm several weeks behind on updating on one particular thing, and that would be the stories of, oh, he went by Rob, he went by David, the con man. We did an episode several weeks ago about a gentleman who decided to trick some families. But before we dive into that, Sarah, tell me about your music choices for the week. Oh, I don't really remember what music I listened to this week, (laughs) but, and my phone's just too far for me to reach. Not because I can't, because I don't want to. But I did buy three records today, vinyls. Yeah. Bought Casey and the Sunshine Band, which. Oh, thank you. That was so much more difficult for you than me. Like you just ninja crawled out of your chair. I could have just leaned up. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> I bought a Casey and the Sunshine Band. I bought some ABBA, and I bought <laughs> some Billy Joel. And I'm super excited about them. I made a lot of noise there for a short period of time. Let me go to my little list and I'll let you know exactly what I listened to. I just want to know the albums. Maybe other people want to have a neat taste in music. (laughs) Let's see. I listened to The Lumineers. Yeah. Who I'm going to see in concert this summer. Finally. I've been listening to them since I was probably like... 12 years old yeah i'm so excited um electric light orchestra if you don't know who that is it's E-L-O. strange magic you know strange magic strange magic yeah. that song that's them um i found a new band because yeah. they're going to be headlining for greta van fleet in october <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. so i have to like Listen up, you know. What are they called? Duran Jones and the Indications. And they're super groovy 70s feel. Oh, and yeah. It's so good. That's and cool. then I listened to ABBA. And then I listened to Billy Joel. And then I listened to Susie Quattro. You know, Stumbling Susie in. Quattro. Stumbling in. No, I've not heard it. Yes, you have. I love is oh, this is old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's my music. <laughs> yes, it's old. <laughs> <laughs> and then ABBA. Again, I didn't know I did that twice this month, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we got. Okay. I'm on a 70s kick right now. So we're a few months in now, and I can officially state this is the most comfortable episode oh, of yeah. Branded we've had so far. Yeah. I um, think this needs to be a permanent fixture. This is a staple. Yeah. We're, at, we're sitting in hammock chairs. They're... Uh, we got them. I don't know. We got them at Wally World in the sporty good section. It's just a little <laughs> hammock with bars in it to keep you from falling backwards. And I'm swinging my big butt in there right now. <laughs> I'm good old to, time. I'm trying to fix my ponytail, and then it kind of flipped <laughs> backwards, and I wasn't prepared, and it kind of gave me a spook. But it's okay. I saw a TikTok this week, and it's it's a guy. He said, "Hey, if we're living in a simulation, who coded in my dad as a ponytail?" <laughs> That's a weird detail. <laughs> Don't that. do that anymore. I saw that, but you didn't send it to me, and I didn't send it to you. I did send it to you. No. You should check your folder. Your, I did. Your inbox. Today. No, I have sent that to you. What? I promise you. I can show you where I did. 
I believe you, but I don't remember watching it on there. It's very possible that I forgot. (laughs) My promise meant very little just now. (laughs) So last time we talked about Rob slash David Freeguard, we left off several weeks ago and it occurred to me that I haven't done an update for you guys recently Uh, where we left off. He had convinced Sarah to leave her family behind and take money from her dad, even going so far as to break into his house in the hopes of finding her inheritance money. Fortunately for them, her father had thought to take the money out of the safe and place it in a floor safe in their home. Because her dad was a genius. That's right. I forgot about him. He's like my favorite character, even though it's real life and it's really sad. (laughs) Favorite character. He's my favorite character. Well. Like if it wasn't real, like if it wasn't real, he would be my favorite character. Right. I'm so loud. I'm so very sorry. (laughs) It's okay. You do you. (gasps) Oh. Our friends got married. Ah, yes. Gavin and Brianna have tied the knot, and I was the flower boy. I was a a bridesmaid, and I made a speech, and my palms were very sweaty the whole time. She had a bag full of mom's spaghetti. I also didn't plan what I was going to say because I was, like, nothing sounded good enough, and I kept panicking, so I just didn't do it. Not only was that the case, when she got up, she said, I didn't plan anything to say. (laughs) I figured I'd just wing it. Um, Also... Don't remember anything I said. Hope it was good. (laughs) (laughs) She basically got up and went, just so you know, she had bad taste in guys before this. And so when she was him, when she was with him, we decided to be a little more wary of her decision. So I was mean to him for a while. (laughs) And then it bloomed into a wonderful relationship for those guys. And I thought, well, fine. I guess he's good enough. <laughs> and then now I love you guys dearly. Love you. Congrats. And they're like, ah, thanks. Basically, <laughs> I was like, I didn't trust you. So I was a bully on purpose. And then now we're to the point where when we were taking group bridal party photos, yeah. the photographer was like, because I hadn't seen them all day long. Like I saw them separately, but, you know, they didn't see each other at all, all day. Right. So we hadn't been together all day long. And we finally were all together, like, able to talk. And the the photographer was like, I don't really know what's happening there, but do y'all want a picture with just y'all three? (laughs) And we were like, yes, of course we do. So we took a normal one for Brianna, and then we took a absolutely foolish one for me and Gavin. (laughs) I'd like to see that one when it comes out. Yeah, me too. We're waiting for them to edit the photos. I had... A light blue fanny pack full of fake flower petals. I put the flower petals in there. They were stuffed in. I had an abundance. Even had extras. Yeah, I wanted to make sure there was plenty. Because you know how (laughs) embarrassing it is if you get to... Oh, no. Her phone fell. I thought there was... There's a cup holder right there you could have stuck it in. Well, I'm used to a real hammock where you can just do whatever and there's no way to get out. This just just isn't that kind of hammock. Well, it just felt safer than it is. (laughs) Because there's holes on the sides. That's true. So, literally right this moment, I'm doing my taxes. Is this the first time you've done them? Like, Um, you have actually done them? Yeah. Your mom always does them, right? Well, I didn't have to do it before because I didn't make enough for it to do anything. Yeah. Because I worked a high school job. Yeah. So, this is the first year I have big kid money. (laughs) And so, but I don't know how to do it. And so I'm So he was assisting. like showing me like the website, whatever. Like my parents were like, use this website, but I'm here instead of over there right now. So I was like, show me how to do this. And then I completed it. It's currently completing. And I was like, now that I'm the fake adult, you've graduated to real adult, like in the circle of life. 
And he was like, I've been a real adult. And I was like, not not what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm talking about? I don't Like, know. when you were, like, first, like, early 20s, people, like, in their 40s were, like, real adults, you know? Yeah. Wait, are you doing your taxes and you doing your taxes makes you look at me like a grown person? Yeah. Did did the way that you see me in your eyes change today? No, but now that <laughs> I'm a fake adult, because you're, you've always been like a fake adult, like you could do your job, you pay your stuff, like you're a responsible human being, but you're also just Joe. You know what I mean? But now that I'm like just Sarah, it's like, oh, you're a real adult. So I must be the fake adult now. <laughs> you know? So if you're just Sarah and I'm no longer just Joe, who am I? You're Joseph. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been calling you that a lot lately. You have. You uh-huh. stopped calling me by my first and last name as a combo unit. Well, because I was doing it on here by accident. What? Calling me Joe Pace? Yeah. That's and I okay. didn't really, you know. I don't care if they know my name. I mean, I know most of these people are going from your Facebook, but I just feel like, you know. It's because you're not sharing it anywhere. Yeah, that's true. But it's just because I don't. You share it to the same people that I have on mine. You know what I mean? I guess. Literally. Hey, man, I don't have your high school friends. I know, but if you tag me in it, everyone sees it. Oh, I don't always tag you. Yeah, I you probably do. No, I don't. I did oh. not. Like Monday. Oh. Sunday. Whatever. Just tag me. Okay. Because I saw that you tagged me on one, and my great aunt on my father's side commented on it. And I was like, all what right. What did she say? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, Sarah's great aunt on her father's side. Thank you for paying attention. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So <laughs> continuing on as Sidebar, a ending. genuine adult. <laughs> My name is now Joseph, not Joe Pace. Okay. Uh, It's still Joe Pace on my phone. I'll have to make peace with this. Things are changing. (laughs) It's bound to happen eventually. They are changing. (laughs) Oh, times where they are changing. I like the way he sings that part. Mm -hmm. The mom that David slash Rob had taken with him, the one that he had convinced her to abandon his entire family. You know the one I'm talking about? Yes, I do. She still not contacting her family. Um, he's done irreparable damage. Her, her, um, because her parents have now died. Oh, the mother. Her parents have now died. That is so sad. And she didn't make it to either of the funerals. She did not call her family about it. Did not talk to her. Kids she can about never it. come home. Right. That's embarrassing. Her son says that he hasn't seen her in seven years, and even when he does talk to her, the same thing. Uh, everything sounds undeniably scripted. Now, at this yeah. point, we're all caught up. I think this is how far we made it last time. Mm-hmm. Now, the kids have their dad back, but Free Guard never gave their mom back. Now, remember we talked about how he convinced his boss from the car dealership that he was MI5? Mm-hmm. The guy that was like, he was a handsome fellow. I, I, I thought, I wouldn't mind looking like that. Yeah, him. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the last detail we have. Uh, mm-hmm. he would use this to get his boss to take him to a bunch of different places, like a getaway driver. He'd take him to hotels, shops, service stations, stuff like that. And free guard would go in, stay a while. And then he'd come back out and he had the boss convinced that he was uh, effectively a getaway driver, but his boss got suspicious after a while and went, you know, this doesn't make a lot of sense, but he's saying he's in my five. And he's got me almost convinced because he's constantly, you know, like he hides his phone calls, erases everything in his phone. He changes his SIM card. So, uh, But the guy got 
convinced there was something wrong and he contacted the police and the police contacted MI five and went looking for free guard and, you know, surprise, surprise, his name was nowhere on the books. He caught on and he dug his heels in deeper instead of going, ah, the jig is up. You, you got, got me. me. <laughs> <laughs> this you show is me, so, so unbelievably unscripted that that's so much funnier than you think it is. Because I literally didn't know what we're talking about at all. And that was just raw. My brain. I had a gentleman who Just hosts another podcast tell me that ours is a little chaotic. He's like, it's good, though. It's still a good <laughs> podcast. But it's, like, obviously unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's let's refer to the title of our program. Uh, we right. don't lie. <laughs> and if we do, it's because we're asleep and we're lying t- on the I'm bed doing somewhere. my taxes in a hammock chair with my phone on my chest. In the basement. In a basement with strobe colorful lights on. They're LEDs. Oh, yeah. Okay. From five below. There's gummy bears sitting on the counter. Because we went gummies. to Dollar General to specifically buy them. There's a poop pillow that my son got me. There's a Batman mask on a light. Well, there's a Batman mask on. There's several a seating options. And they're all askew. Everything. Like everything <laughs> about us is chaotic. Everything. <laughs> Nothing about us is calm, but we're generally calm individuals. It's a calm chaos. It's not yeah. exciting. We're the eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> so he caught on. Like, and he... if you want to see what we look like, go to TikTok because there's there's posts of us just in our natural habitat. I know you tried habitat. to say there's posts of us, but your little, I don't know, stutter sounded like you said there's poop. <laughs> Go to our TikTok. There's posts of us. <laughs> posts. <laughs> so he started doing sketchy stuff because they're thinking at this point, generally, you can watch. If, if you just kind of tell someone for a short while, then you can see where they typically travel from, who they, genu- who they generally call, where they get their money from, what kind of banks, you know. Um, but what he was doing is he was doing stuff like, like, like I already mentioned, he was erasing stuff from his phone. He was changing his SIM card out regularly. He was using different accounts from different places, all with different names. He was changing up the locations where he would uh, travel to and from. He was buying his groceries from different stores. He was doing everything he could to make his trail incredibly hard to follow, even though he was doing it in a small area. So it turns out he was leaving Sarah in their, quote, safe house for long periods mm-hmm. of time, um, like weeks on end sometimes. And her dad got terrified. He, he was really convinced that she had been left in one of these safe houses, quote, safe houses by David slash, you know, Rob Freeguard. But she was just crap. like locked in there, right? Yeah. She okay. was just kind of stuck there. And That's he, what I thought. He was almost convinced that she had just been left by the wayside and was starving to death or that she had been left to dehydrate in some house. And he was terrified. He said, worst case scenario, he knew that she was dead. He said, best case scenario. He was afraid he'd never see her again, but he was determined not to let that happen. So her father chased every loose end that he could find until one day a letter showed up in the mailbox. It was a letter from Rob. It basically said, dear Mr. Smith, I need to explain further. He went on to explain that they had kept him in the dark over the last two years, digging deeper into the lie, saying things like we could not risk you having our information because we didn't know who you were friends with and who you spoke with. And we couldn't risk you ratting us out to the Irish Republic army or whatever it was, the Irish, Mm -hmm. the IRA, whatever they are. 
And over the course of two years, Rob had siphoned off over 300,000 pounds between Sarah. Oh, I forgot they were British. Yeah. Between Sarah and John, the guy I'd met at the bar and, Mm -hmm. and her friend, Maria. See, he had taken money from all of them. Uh, although we don't really hear a whole lot about Maria up into this point, just uh, John and Sarah. Now, the man that he'd convinced in the bar at the college that day finally saw the light. We're talking John. He realized Rob had him tricked and by extension had tricked both girls. So John got out. See, John was left at a farm so long that he was convinced that anyone that had any interest in watching his comings and goings would know exactly where to find him because he was so regular on his schedule. He told Sarah's dad that he didn't know where Sarah was and that he was sorry for his part that he had played in getting Sarah taken away. So when he realized he had been taken advantage of, he got in touch with the police as well. Now the charges on free guard have gone from $30,000 in fraud to a number beyond belief. He's looking at over half a million pounds in fraud. Sarah's dad is now taking every stitch of information that he can, and he's putting it together to try to track this man down. The police were in on it now. MI5 is actually in on it now. Hmm. They're fervently looking for free guard. But what they did find was his mom. His mom? They found free guard. They told his mom? Well, they went to... It went to her house. That's the biggest punishment. <laughs> Please don't tell my mom. Well, apples don't fall fall that far from the tree. So okay, well, I, sure. I don't know. It didn't say anything about his mom at all. What if it, I did something bad, like to this level, like like the government is involved, please just shoot me. Don't tell anybody. Just kill me. I'll just <laughs> I've come to terms that if I ever do anything that bad, just let me go. Because (laughs) that's just so bad. Imagine getting in trouble with the government, being in prison, and coming home, and then your mom's mad at you for being in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Just ridiculous. (laughs) Imagine you literally are in jail for like 25 to life, and then you get out on parole, and your mom's like, what is your problem? (laughs) Just please a hip cocked out to the side. Please. Are you kidding me? Please send me back to prison. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they go to Freeguard's mom's house, and outside was a car registered to West London, which is an area roughly 200 miles south of where her home was located. So, obviously, they looked into the VIN, and the VIN on the vehicle pulled it the last place it was actually sold was that car shop where free guard worked now remember the boss we discussed it's his shop so they chased down the address for the registration well at least the address that it was registered to and it led like i said 200 miles south of where her home was located so they go to the home they knock on the door and you know who answers the door rob not even close Rob mom. <laughs> Jeff. No, what was, was his a, other name? Jeff. David. <laughs> oh, yeah. David. It was a guy named Simon Proctor. Simon begins to add a new layer to this story. He told Ooh. a story of his American girlfriend, Kim, who had been renting his house, but it just kind of suddenly disappeared. 
The story of what happened with her was lining up just too well with the story they now had with the students at the university that he'd taken into his fold. The idea of the man he is was becoming clearer to everyone involved. Kim was not Kim was now on a list of his victims. Bob, that's the name of the inspector helping in the UK. I love how aggressive but kind his name is. Bob. Yep. <laughs> he called. Sounds like a punch in the face and then a hug. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he called the USA to report about the missing American girl. Rob told her that he was security for MI5 as well. He'd been spreading the same lies, and Kim was swept off her feet. She was financing everything he wanted. But it turns out Kim's stepdad had been a lottery winner in the U.S. Rob was using her. Surprise, surprise. Now, her parents only heard from her when she needed money. Kim was officially listed I'd have as done kidnapped. been cut off, you know? Oh, shoot, yeah. Right? I'd have cut myself off. That's embarrassing. Dear my dad, I think you're listening. <laughs> You'd have cut me off if you thought I'd been kidnapped, right? If all I did was call you for money. I mean, dear, I, I did it a lot when I was like like 19, but. Dear my mom. <laughs> please cut me off if I go missing and I'm just getting you for money. Dear my dad. Because <laughs> I'm in the age range. Same. He could get me. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled in a Dollar General at the same time as you today. and You thought I was pulling in so you wouldn't get stolen. <laughs> well, we were leaving the church at the same time. And your wife was right behind me, and then I thought you were right behind her, and I pulled in to um, get cat litter, <laughs> and you pulled in so quickly after me that I hadn't even put my car in park, and then you rolled your window down, and you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> getting stuff for my cat? What are you doing? And he was like, nothing. Being super <laughs> suspicious, and I was like, okay. Super suspicion. S whatever. Very superstition. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. I assume I was like. I guess he thinks I'm gonna get stolen because it's like kind of sketchy. It was kind of late. But in reality, she was in a slightly foul mood <laughs> because she had lost some nerd ropes to our recently betrothed. Friends. I know you ate them, Gavin. <laughs> and so I, was I have to see no if we could find proof some. of that. I just feel like if I was you, I would have. What she's saying. The is reality she hopes is, I lost my. I lost my nerd rope bites, and I've been distraught, and then Target's out of them, and no one has them. And it put a bitter taste in my mouth. Gavin but I got, has them. I got Starburst Gummy Duos. I have sour Lifesaver gummies. Hold on. I'm almost done with this one. Now, the FBI agent in the U.S. decided to record all the calls between Kim Freeguard and Kim's parents. Oh, one day. That's smart. That's common sense, though. Well, yeah. well, yes and no, because you didn't know how scripted these calls would be. So they'd call and they'd leave voicemails, and then but Kim would call and like leave a, voicemails. Like a track? Like, track the call. Keep them on the line. You know, like in a cop show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was more just Keep like... talking. It was more just like a recording machine that was just plugged up to it. Oh, uh, but you still connect, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So one day... Free guard. That was a good. That was good though. Free guard picked up the phone. <laughs> Kim's dad called, or Kim's stepdad called. Free guard picked up the phone, and when you're watching this documentary, you actually hear Free guard's voice. Really. Things are turning in the right direction. Hmm. And they're on the. They're on his tail. That was the noise of you chewing. I'm one. so sorry. <laughs> they got stuck on my tooth, and I panicked. It made me feel claustrophobic. So that is the end of our update today on the man who steals people youth.
Now. People without, but they're not getting stolen. They're just going. <laughs> That's what's so frustrating. Well, is it, how far like can you, right. How far can you call, how far can you go and still call it free will if they're being psychologically. Well, getting there, he didn't technically steal them. It's more like domestic abuse. Psychological abuse. Yeah. I know, but locking you in and starving you. He wasn't though. He kept her at the safe house, but there was food. Oh. It was stocked. It was just like a house. He but just he told her not her to leave. leave. He just told her not to, and she believed him about being MI5 and just didn't leave. Mm. It really is like a cult. I keep hearing, very superstition. <laughs> <laughs> the writing is on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> just say everything super proper and to the point. It would make music weird. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you have tuned in thus far and you've held on, this is the part where what we talk about might get a little bit graphic. Buckle up. I have no idea what we're talking about. So Today. Maybe don't trust me. Now, a few weeks ago, we mentioned this briefly. It's called the Russian sleep experiment. Mm-hmm. Now, before I go any further. Oh, when we were talking about Stanford? Yeah. Okay. Before we go any further, I would like to, to preface by saying this is not a true story. However, it is reminiscent. Excuse me. It is reminiscent of some of the ways that some of our foreign counterparts treated prisoners of war in times past in World War One and World War Two. There were some we're picking pretty, up what you're putting down. Just move on. Pretty diabolical <laughs> stuff. Anyways, in the heart of World War One, the Russian the I love how we just become Stitch. <laughs> In the heart of World War II, the Russian government decided they needed a way to keep their soldiers awake longer. What is happening? Bro. (laughs) A way to keep their soldiers awake longer. They needed them alert, aware, and reactive. So they set out on a mission of achieving this goal. They set up an experiment to test the effects of extreme sleep deprivation. To do so, they rounded up five prisoners of war and set to work. They offered them their freedom if they volunteered for the experiment. They were put into a sealed gas chamber to be filled continuously with an experimental stimulant. It was a gas pumped in rather than just clean air. They weren't sure about the gas's effects as it was new and untested. So these prisoners of war were the guinea pigs for the testing. I just got some guinea pigs. My rabbit has doubled in size in the last week. I don't know what the guinea pigs really, I can't tell them apart. Because I don't look at them good, but they look very different. That's just on me. They do look very different. Like one of them's <laughs> solid black. One of them's black and white. One of them's brown. <laughs> very different creatures. Let me be more specific. I can't remember whose belongs to what sibling. Ah, okay. So these men were monitored with microphones and a single porthole window for the researchers to observe. As things progressed, it all seemed normal at first. In fact, For roughly the first four days, the men seemed nearly unfazed. But as the end of day four came on, they started to notice changes in the men. Conversations changed, attitudes. The way they talked went from small talk to fairly dark things. They started to discuss almost exclusively past trauma, events in their lives that they had trouble forgetting. They hadn't even complained about the experiment until now. That's just the effects of being tired. That's what happens when you get tired. You just go. Yeah, but they're four days in. I know, but. It, they should have been it, tired by now. Isn't it strange, though, that the effects of being tired from one day 
are so similar to being tired and not sleeping for four days. I, you know what I mean? Once upon a time, I actually read a, I read an article about it. It's like sleep deprivation. I think 18 hours with no sleep is the same as one glass of wine. And Really? Yeah. And, and they've, they've taken this to the extreme on some TV shows before where they, yeah, it's not real. But, you know, sleep deprivation really does have some pretty astounding effects on your body. And it does mimic being drunk for a while. This barely applies. <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> last year when I was so sick, because of my asthma, like I couldn't get rid of my cough and my slake. Like I was drowsy all the time and I was take, using so much of my inhaler that I was basically just dosing up on steroids constantly. She got and super I, beefy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Roid rage was real. Because I was coughing so much and then I would use my inhaler. So I was already up late because I was coughing and then I was using my inhaler. And my dad would like get up to go to work at like six o'clock five thirty in the morning yeah. and i would be going to sleep because i couldn't sleep Jeez. and i couldn't fix it i tried going to sleep and like i tried staying up and it wouldn't work you know like just staying up all day long and it wouldn't work and so yeah. then i tried going to sleep super early but then i couldn't sleep because i had woken up at three thirty that day Sheesh. it was horrifying and i was exhausted for a month after that I would imagine. It was horrific. Did you know technically, technically we can't catch up on sleep? Technically, that's, well, that's how Well, you can never it get it back. Right. You but, just have to fix it. No, no, right. You just have to get enough sleep that night to, to yeah. recoup because yeah. it, it starts to show. It's like so a rubber band. Yeah. Yeah. It only stretches so far before it just snaps, snaps and you got to tie it back together and move on. Speaking of getting tired, stretching like a rubber band and snapping, the men started to feel that the experiment would never end. On day six, the room was. Was there like a what? set amount of days? No. Or they would just go till you die? Just Well, <laughs> the men were lured in with the idea that if you participate in this. Oh, we'll, I forgot we'll they were prisoners free. of war. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on day six, the room went silent. The men started to believe that the other subjects were against them, and they separated. They got paranoid. Now, the room had areas in it to keep them entertained. It had food. It had a stocked uh, fridge. There were cabinets. There were chairs. There was cards and games. But the men separated into different corners of the room. Now, there were only five men, so it was easy enough for them to sit in different spots. What they ended up doing was attempting to sell out the other subjects trying to blackmail them to gain favor with the scientists. Day nine, the experiment turns, and the screaming began. Oh, my word. The scientists sit outside in their, in their observation room, seeing through one part hole, listening through the microphones that have been placed in the room, and one subject started to scream, and he screamed, and he screamed. For three hours, he continues. And back and forth, he runs from one end of the room to the other. Just one of them? One man for three hours. And after three hours, he went almost completely silent to what turned into what seemed a silent rage. Turns out he had completely decimated his vocal cords. <gasps> Oddly enough, the other subjects in the room paid nearly zero attention to him. But what they did, as he screamed, was tear pages from some of the books in the room, wet them, and stick them to the porthole that the researchers were using to observe them. Oh. 
So by the time he went silent, the men inside could no longer be seen. So they thought he was dead, probably. So they thought he might be dead. Three days later, after days of silence, because after the man's screaming stopped, the room went silent again. After days of silence, the scientists became extremely concerned and decided that they would use their intercom system to communicate with the subjects. They wanted to enter the chamber and told the subjects to lie down on the floor and that if they were to comply and not interact with the scientists, that one of them, and they did not name which one, would be granted his immediate freedom. No response. They thought this dude may have been dead and they didn't immediately go collect it. Prisoner of war. They don't care about this guy. Horrifying. So when they did this, there was no response at first. Then eventually one subject spoke back and he said, we no longer wish to be free. Huh. They decided not to enter because why would you? They now know that the people are still alive and there's still someone in their breathing. So the silence continues. Day 15, still total silence. Now at this point, the experiment is declared over. Because these men have been awake for 15 days. They begin flushing the air from the room to disperse, or flushing the air in the room to disperse the chemicals in the air and reintroduce the test subjects to fresh air. So the subjects came unglued. They screamed, they begged, they pleaded with the scientists turn the gas back on. We need to stay awake. And when the door opened, four of the five subjects were still alive. The remaining subject, the one that had died, had pieces, had chunks of his body missing. And those pieces had been used to shove and stop the drain, the one drain in the middle of the floor. The room was now flooded with four inches of just horrible, horrible fluid. The sinks had been turned on, the drain in the room had been stopped, and the room was flooded with bodily fluids, blood, urine, Vomit, and everything in between. The four remaining subjects are also missing chunks of flesh. Now, later, it was determined that it was not done by teeth or with instruments or by anyone else, but that they had used their own hands to pull their own flesh off. Each wound was self-induced. It was also noted that they weren't eating the regular food in the room, but that most of the chunks of the guy that was on the floor were missing and they couldn't find them do with that information what you will the men refused to leave and had to be removed from the room by force with soldiers brought in one soldier when he was when he was trying to drag a man out was attacked by the man who bit him on the neck and the man bled out and died like a vampire well he didn't drink the blood he just attacked him like a wild animal <laughs> <laughs> like a really angry goat <laughs> one subject in his fight to keep from being removed from the room had his spleen rupture and he died as well oh my word the remaining subjects were immediately sent to surgery to help with the missing chunks of their body and try to bring them a little bit of hope when the first man was given sedatives he resisted it didn't phase him. He, he refused to take any that they put it on his face and, and only wanted stuff they were putting in his blood. And at first, it had no effect at all. He refused to sleep. And even when he was given anesthetic, he fought. They ended up giving him almost 10 times the normal dosage just to make him go to sleep. After he finally calmed down, he fell asleep. And just a moment later, died. 
Next up is the one who destroyed his vocal cords. He passed out of exhaustion while fighting the surgeons and just kind of died when he fell asleep. With only one remaining subject, they decided not to bring him in to heal him as they had with the last two because it simply hadn't worked out. So they put him back into the chamber where they were kept awake and hooked up an EEG. He would flatline off and on. And so they tried to figure out what was going on and they started watching through the porthole and what they found was that every time it would flatline, his eyes were closing. When he blinked, and it wasn't very often, his eyes would stay closed for just an extra moment. And he was effectively taking a micro nap. So every time he did that, it appeared that he was suffering a bit of brain death. Now, it started to get closer and closer together as the man was detoxing from this gas and he was falling to his exhaustion. So the scientists struggled to hurry up and get that gas turned back on so the man would continue. Unfortunately, they weren't able to, and he succumbed to his exhaustion and fell asleep. I feel like they could have figured that out sooner. And, of course, he died. Everyone involved died. That's crazy. Now, again, remember, ladies and gentlemen, I did preface this by saying it is not a true story, but it is not far off from what some of our foreign neighbors decided to do to prisoners of war in this time, in this era. World War II, it wasn't uncommon. See, the way that we know that the human body is 70% water is actually because of, oh, I could be getting this wrong. It's either Japanese or Chinese. Scientists were taking their prisoners of war and they were drying them out like beef jerky. Oh my cow. This is what really That's happened. an unfortunate, you know, it's thing true, to say though. right this moment, but why? I said, oh my cow. <laughs> <laughs> so they, Oh my would, goodness. I take it back. They would weigh these people and then they would dry them out in a heated room that had like, uh, like Dry a heat. Yeah. It like was like, an a, oven. yeah, it was like a grill. They had fire, fire things going throughout the floor <laughs> and they would just dry the men out and then they'd weigh the dried out bodies and repeatedly got the same percentages until they realized men were about 70% water. And so were women. We also have all kinds of information from people. <laughs> okay. You okay? Yeah. Like from the Nazis, when I believe it was Joseph Stalin who would take twins and separate them in different buildings and he would hurt one. See if the other could feel it? Yeah. In one case, it was noted that when he decapitated one of the twins, the one in the other building, with no communication, began to weep uncontrollably. With such a deep set of sorrow, the twin ended up dying. That is so sad. That's also true, unlike the story about the sleep experiment. Well... Sibling telepathy, I know is real. Yeah. So I know twin telepathy is real. If my sister would listen to my podcast, <laughs> maybe we could have some sibling telepathy. My father, sister. Father, does could you tell listen. my sister to listen? Please. <laughs> tell Jesse to turn on the podcast. <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> She's never going to listen. My sister found out today she is about to give birth to a baby girl. Today was the gender reveal. Ooh. I'm psyched. My sister's 11. <laughs> so My sister's 31. <laughs> so there's that. I came home from... At 30 years old, I'm the baby. 
anyway, I came home the other day. I don't know from where. It's a toss-up. I don't even remember what day it was. <laughs> but a place I heard, that wasn't home. I heard my own voice as I opened my garage door, and I was like, "What? I don't love that." <laughs> and I went into my room, and my sister's laying on the floor with her phone and her iPad. She's drawing, and it has our voices at full blast on the thing. And she looks up at me. She goes, "You're wrong." And I was like, "About what?" Whoa. <laughs> And she was like, I ate more than just that. I ate cake and ice cream too. <laughs> Remember you had to fix that on the last yeah, episode. She, I was instructed Emma, to we set appreciate the record your viewership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's recently, very not nice to walk into your own voice when you're not prepared. I recently listened to a story. It was a short story where. Sure, sure. I'm <laughs> sorry. Is that how I said it? No, but I wanted it. <laughs> where. A guy loses his wife. Uh, In the story, it goes like this. The man and his wife had just recently gotten married. And in the first month, they're swimming in a pool in, in in his parents' backyard. And he gets out, and she stays in the pool, even though he said he got a bad feeling and wanted her to get out. Well, he should have listened to the feeling because lightning struck the pool and killed her. So he's lived out the last nine years just sad because his brand new bride died and he doesn't feel he'll ever love anyone again. So he moves in with his parents to help them as he is preparing to go on this journey where he's going to fly around the world. And his idea is to spend as long as it takes, but I think he, in the story it's like six months, where he's going to fly from country to country. Now he goes on to explain, I did not grow any kind of fame, though I did a massive following of over 50,000 people who are continuing to watch my story. Is this real? No. Okay. So he flies from (laughs) state to state, country to country. I didn't think so, but I had to check. Until finally, when his journey should be over, he lands in in the airport closest to his hometown, and he drives home to his parents' house. But when he goes to his parents' house, something's wrong. And when he looks in the window, he sees his parents... And the decorations are a little different. So he starts to poke around and he sees that on the wall, there are photos of him and his wife, but she's not as young as she was the day she died. So he tries his key and his key no longer opens the door to his parents' home. Somehow when he had flown around, he had effectively flown into another alternate dimension. Yeah. So like he Twilight sees, Zone. I love Twilight Zone. Yeah, they were so good. Yeah. It's on Netflix. He sees himself and his wife walk out of his parents' house. And as he's scraggly and disheveled after six months traveling the world, he comes home to see this in a version of himself that's happier than he ever thought possible. And he debates killing the other him so that he can take out his Out of there, buddy. Get on out of here. Bro. <laughs> other Joe got in to a moment. go. Right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to be lonely if I can find my, my love of my life? No. No. In a moment. Other me would be dead. Who would know? So? Yeah, man. <laughs> I expect nothing less of myself. Well, if it's determined you're the same person, would that still be murder? No. Oh. What just happened? Be suicide. Also, speaking as me. Speaking as me. <laughs> if other me comes. Other Joe, go right for it. That's yeah, what you're saying. Definitely, like. I respect it. Whatever. What are they going to take from you? What have they lost that you have? I don't know. Those socks? What? I mean, what is it? I don't. Uh, these are pretty good socks. 
I mean, like, <laughs> are they worth your death? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always excited when these get cleaned, and I can wear them again, especially when I have to work. I'm not going to hit your hand with my foot. And just have to be sure. I'm going to do this so you feel more comfortable. Okay. <laughs> I punched my microphone just a little. I'm just giving myself permission to go for it. I don't know what's happened to us, but, you know, it's still me, right? I guess technically, yeah. Yeah. I give you permission, me. If you came around the planet to find that someone you loved that you knew was gone had come back, but there was a version of yourself that was with that person, do you think you could take the other one's life? Do you think you could remove other you from the picture? Yes. Respond at braindeadpc21 at gmail.com. Yes. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's any stories you've heard about that I can research and possibly give a dramatic reading to. I'm taking me out. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm, I'm not, taking me out. And I'm not going to feel bad <laughs> because I know I would be okay with it. So that means that other me would be okay with it, you know? I feel like I should make up a song right now. It's going to be May is all that I heard when you just said that. That's at the end of April. <laughs> no, I feel like I should get my guitar and play everyone a song. What do you think? Do whatever you want to do. Do you me. think so? Sure. I'm definitely not. Hey, thank you guys for listening to Brain Dead. My <laughs> name's Sarah. I did this really cool thing. <laughs> nope. My name's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Bye. Tune in next week. Bye. <laughs>